Today, we are going to be talking about some upcoming films, some new trailers, and reviewing Split, Hidden Figures, and The Founder. On top of that, we're also going to be talking about The Walking Dead, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of TV and film. I'm here with Matt. Is that your final answer? Hey, and who am I, Matt? <laughs> and I'm with Joel the Last Cunningham. <laughs> oh, I'm the last Cunningham. I've slayed my opposition and I'm the, the final one now, I suppose. How are you one. doing, Matt? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. This awesome. has been a interesting last couple of weeks. We've got a lot of films that we've had a chance to watch. I know, not even like enough time to review them all. So really, films. it's crazy. Absolutely. So maybe at some point we'll do an episode where we do a catch up of right. all the films that we haven't gotten to. But uh, I just want to, you know, greet everybody and welcome to the podcast. If this is your uh, first time checking us out here, uh, the Real Review is basically a podcast where Matt and I discuss TV and films and give you our own personal perspectives and thoughts on those TVs and shows and films. And we try to do it with a little bit of a East meets West kind of a flair, if you will. It's yeah. the middle road between the critic and the fan. And so uh, we want to remind you as well at the very beginning that uh, this month we are still continuing on with our contest. So would you like to tell me about that, Matt? Yes. The contest is a chance to win a $50 gift card to a theater of your choice. That's five zero fifty. Fifty big ones. Yes. So that's coming mainly out of Joel's pocket. <laughs> and um, oh. the, the way that you can get entered into this contest, it's pretty simple all you got to do is subscribe to the podcast you got to write a review and uh, go ahead and email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com and let us know you did that and you're entered and it's that simple it's so simple and we've already had a number of people enter and you know if you don't want an opportunity you don't have to enter but it's a pretty simple thing to do to to get entered in the contest so right yeah we'd love to have you enter and then as well we just want to make sure everybody knows definitely check out our facebook page where matt and i are anxiously awaiting numerous different bits of news and information to come out so we can post them straight up on there Um, and that's actually at facebook.com slash real review media and real as always is spelled r-e-e-l like the film reel yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So why don't we get right into some of our discussion on uh, some new trailers? Yes. So some new trailers dropped this week. Uh, yeah. A few, actually. But uh, namely, I wanted to start off with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So this one's <laughs> kind of taken on a different tone for me mm-hmm. after seeing the second trailer. And I actually texted you this as a joke, but I think it's a bit honest is I've kind of changed the name of the Power Rangers now to the Mighty Morphin Michael Bangers. Mm. I think they've <laughs> they've taken on this new sense where before it kind of felt like, well, maybe they're trying to do something where they're just making a little bit more action, kind of updating the look and the feel. And obviously the original Power Rangers, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I did watch some as a child, was right. kind of this weird hybrid of like Japanese shooting where they actually took actual Janami, Japanese fighting right. scenes of people in these costumes <laughs> and then interspersed that with these kind of like high school shots that were filmed on different cameras and different yep. look. And so it made for this weird aesthetic thing, but it was kind of cool in a way kind of like fantasy surrealness. Um, but it was always very cheesy. It was always very tongue in cheek. It was always... Um, 
crazy things happening and monsters popping up that are made out of like, you know, jelly or something like that. (laughs) And it definitely feels like with this one, they're going very honest and very real. I mean, there's like a scene in the preview now where the cup, where the mom's like, pee in this cup, you know? And so I'm like, wow, if that's not jarring in comparison to what they've been like and where they've been at, um, I don't know what is. What are your thoughts, Matt? I grew up with the Power Rangers. Okay. I, Were you uh, a fan? I was a fan. Were yes, you I, fighting in Power Ranger outfits and everything? I was the Red Ranger for Halloween. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. True I, confessions I know, of a man. Nine? Nine. Some, I don't okay. know. Yeah. Eight. Something. Yeah. I was young. <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. This is actually last week, guys. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, so photos we need photos (laughs) proof not gonna happen yeah so uh yeah so i i saw this and i was i'm i'm a little bit excited about it and Mm -hmm. yes there are cheesy elements to the trailer this new trailer i was i was probably more on board with the first trailer because it gave more of a kind of a serious tone yeah this new one a little less serious yeah uh you get to see the zords which is kind of cool so in a sense i'm kind of hoping that a lot of the mechanical monsters and and stuff uh and and the zords of the power rangers when they fight it's kind of like pacific rim yeah you know i think that'd be pretty sweet yeah um i i I think the uh the rita character played by elizabeth banks i think she Mm -hmm. looks pretty cool there's actually one shot in that trailer i was like that's kind of a cool shot yeah um and and so we'll see there's you know, you can't really talk a lot about it. I mean, it comes out in two months, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot you're saying. I I do think it has still a bit of interest for me, but yeah. I'm approaching it now, I think, out of the mindset that it's going to be, like I said, something like a Michael Bay film. Right. Uh, the aesthetics kind of feel that way, and I think, you know, Michael Bay gets a lot of flack for doing really bad films. He can do decent projects. He can do good films. I've seen him in a couple times that I'm like, okay, like it's just really what you said earlier, which I agree is his story, um, which I'm getting way into a, right, a different right. track here. But I think <laughs> as well with this film, it really will come down to the story. I think it's really going to come down to yeah. what they're doing with the characters and the story. I don't expect personally this amazingly huge acting job to come from the characters. I don't think that's what the script is going to call for. Yeah. It's more about the aesthetics and the explosions and the fun. Um, I love Elizabeth Banks for the most part as an actress. I'm really looking forward to seeing her in that role. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a couple other big names that are attached to it as well. Uh, Brian Cranston, who's oh, playing man. yeah Zordon, so, which is really only a face. Right. You know, but um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm mildly excited for it. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, yeah. give it a shot. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Not over the moon, but I'm, I'm going to check it out. So yeah. Yeah. So go, go Power Rangers. Make it happen. <laughs> What's our next trailer, Matt? So there was also a new trailer released this week for Logan. Yes. And uh, it's a second trailer, uh, second full length trailer. Um, there were, I guess there were two versions out. The the one that I saw first was the red band version. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is intense for a trailer. And I was like, oh, it's a red band version. Yeah. And um, which if you don't know what that means, a red band version means it's 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 for restricted audiences. It's it's not something that, you know, hey, let your kid come see this trailer for this new Wolverine movie because it's yeah. pretty violent and yeah. there's a cursing or whatever it may be. Um, but everything I see, every piece of marketing that I see come out for this film has me more and more excited. Hmm. Um, this most recent one, uh, it showcases the little girl a little bit more, which yeah. is more and more, they haven't come out and say it, but uh, looks like it's going to be with the character X-23. Right. You see the claws right. pop out. Like yeah. bloody claws. Yeah. Like, and it's it's intense. And um, it starts off with her, kind of a humorous scene in a convenience store, mm-hmm. which uh, I thought was kind of funny. But um, I'm, 
everything that's come out for this, there's no question right now that I, I that it's going to be good for me. I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's just it's everything. It's hitting all the right notes for me. I don't know. Are, are you, how are you feeling about it so far? I'm different. I, <laughs> of course, I am. Right. So <laughs> I had some misgivings at the start of this one, and the biggest reason for it was really some comments I had heard from the director okay. initially in some interviews that he had done, um, basically where he was talking about the style of the film and how they were trying to make it different. And James Mangold is his name. And he'd been saying how the previous films had really just been a lot of action. And I agree, especially with the first, you know, <laughs> independent film for uh, Wolverine. It was a very bad film, right, but right. it was mostly just to set up for a lot of action and craziness. And so he said that he really wanted to tie in some dramatic story and family elements to the story. Um, so, that doesn't necessitate that it's going to be a bad thing for me. But when I also look at his credits and, you know, he he did Walk the Line, which I loved Walk the Line. He did Girl Interrupted. I thought that was a good film. But he's done these really strong, dramatic, serious type films. He also did 310 to Yuma, which yeah. is a pretty, you know, solid action film, oh, yeah, I thought. I love 310 to Yuma. So I, I kind of had hope in both directions for it. And he did the Wolverine um, so it, I had hopes for him as an action guy and I had hopes for him in the dramatic side of things, but I, my fear is starting to get closer on the lines of what role the child is going to play. And the biggest thing that I keep coming back to is it's so often that child can really pull me personally out of a film. Right. When I see the child interacting and acting in a way that is just, you know, I've worked with kids, I've done a lot of, you know, photography and stuff for kid camps and things like that. And yeah. when I see kids acting in a way that I'm like, kids don't act that way. They just <laughs> don't act that way. It takes me out of a movie. Right. And oftentimes it's a bad actor mm-hmm. situation, which I don't think it is. It looks like she's doing a good job with the role. Yeah. But it's more just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to break away from the surrealness of her acting this way as a young child and I know people are probably freaking out all over the place and going well she's a comic book character and she's got these superhuman <laughs> power mutant powers and everything and I'm probably being too but I'm just I'm just saying I'm hesitant yeah yeah, yeah. no so, worries yeah. I get that I get yeah. that yeah she's a uh, as far as I know she's supposed to be a a clone of sorts from from Wolverine's DNA yeah so that's I just, you know, the big thing is I just don't want to see Wolverine the father, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's good in a way, but it's like I, I don't need to see that side of Wolverine. Wolverine isn't interesting to me because of that part of his character. He's interesting to me more because of his history and his suffering and his pain and trying to overcome those. And it's not interesting to me to think, okay, well, he's got a kid and so that suddenly suspenseful. So we'll see though. Yeah. It could be proven they could set it up perfectly and have the right catalyst and the right reasons. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. It comes out in like, a month and a half, so it's not that far away. Yeah, not too far now. So those are just a couple of the new trailers that came out this week. Next, I want to launch right into our review segment, and I want to start off with a doozy, Joel. How about we start <laughs> with Split? Ooh, that's a good one to start with. Well, Split is a film that's directed by M. Night Shyamalan, or Shyamalan, as some people like to call him. It's a film about three girls that are kidnapped by a man who's diagnosed with 23 distinct personalities and must try to escape before the apparent emergence of a frightful new 24th. That's from IMDb. It stars James McAvoy as our main protagonist. Well, more main antagonist, if you will. (laughs) And then Anna Taylor-Joy and Haley Lou Richardson, and then a friend of theirs, which I don't have her name in front of me. It's all good. Yes. So this film was interesting to me. I... I still say going into this, I still had really, really low expectations for the overall film because I think 
I've just had so many bad experiences with M. Night Shyamalan films (laughs) over the last little while, but he really did surprise me with this film. And I think the first thing that really stood out to me um, about this film is the cinematography. And I felt like some of the cinematography and some of the scenes early on was so effective and so realistic, especially in the very first scene almost. It felt like if I was going to experience this, even up to the point where they're being taken and they're being put in this captive place, this is almost like how I would experience it or see it or right. feel it. And it really, at times as well, throughout the script, like there's a scene where James McAvoy's, McAvoy's this character where he's this kid and he's kind of doing this dance thing for yeah. one of the girls. <laughs> and it was so weird. And the way that they shot it was so perfect in just making me feel that it was just weird and yeah. it was disjointed and it didn't quite fit. And so it emotionally did a great job with the cinematography. So I don't want to talk too much about this because I also want to get your perspective right, on it as right, well. Right, I can right. probably talk a lot. <laughs> I think James McAvoy did an amazing job overall. I think it's a really difficult thing to take on a role where you have this many characters and they all have to have their own distinct flair and their own distinct feeling. And I think there was a couple of characters where I'm like, they kind of seem like maybe shades of themselves, Mm -hmm. but there was definitely strength in each of the characters and they all felt distinctly different. And it definitely felt like he would be the kind of person that's, you know, struggling with this disassociative identity disorder that he's struggling through. I thought that they did a great job with the overall progression. I think where it really didn't hit for me and where it kind of fell apart really came close to the end. In particular, there was, you know, Shyamalan is known for these Shyamalan twists right. <laughs> that he kind of throws out over the course of the film. And there was something like a twist that happens close to the end and then something like a twist again that happens at the very end. Mm-hmm. And both of those for me were like, interesting but at the same time i didn't really feel like it was a twist for me neither of them really felt like they were things that overall changed like a twist and this is something we could definitely do in critic corner at some point but like a twist of me you know book of eli i get back and forth feed i get people attacking me all the time for my views on that and i don't want to spoil anything for that movie either (laughs) but to me that's not a twist at the end because it has to overall change how things have progressed and why they've acted a certain way and the why things are the way they are throughout the course of the film, but in a way that you never realize. It has to open up some new bit of information that impacts the entire film. And people say, you know, Book of Eli totally did that for them. And I'm like, well, go back and watch the film again. You realize that, you know, he probably would have done all of the same stuff in the same exact way if it hadn't been, even if he hadn't had that twist at the end of the film. But sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. But (laughs) same thing with Split here. I thought it was a great uh, film overall, the ending kind of left me a little bit disjointed as far as yeah, kind of solidly. And the thing that we all said at the end that I was watching this with my mom and a couple other people, my girlfriend, my sister, and we all kind of felt like, well, it just didn't satisfy. It didn't mm. leave with the sense of, yeah, I'm glad that happened that way. Or, oh my goodness, I can't believe how crazy that was. So Matt, what are your thoughts on this? So I went into this highly anticipating it. Obviously yeah. we talked about it earlier and the first or second one, just podcast talking about our most anticipated for this year. And so I went in really excited because I liked uh, Shyamalan's <laughs> last, yeah. um, the visit I really enjoyed. So this one, a uh, little bit different. It's not really a horror. Yeah. I'd say a more psychological suspense thriller. Yeah. Close to the end, it gets a little horrific. A little bit. Yes. But not too much. A little bit of gross. So, violence. right. Yeah. Right. So I, um, I'm, it was kind of weird for me. I felt all right. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I like it. Yeah. I agree. I like the cinematography. And yes, yes, James McAvoy. It yeah. was, I. that was incredible to me. <laughs> like he, 
he deserves something for that. I don't know what he deserves, but yeah. it was incredible just <laughs> what he did with all of those different characters. Um, namely Hedwig. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, But for me, I just felt all right. I didn't feel like... Like I was, I was invested, but like not to the extent that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think, I think there's, there's two spots in this film, one close to the end and the one literally at the very end Yeah, that are, that people are saying are twists. The first one, I didn't really see as a twist. I just saw it as like the normal progression of the movie and something that I even gleaned from the trailers. Yeah. Um, and I was just like. Okay, I, I guess I'm on board with this. This is this is all right. And then, for me, the very last thing that happens in the film, it changed my perspective on everything that was happening. And I think, and I think this is a twist for me because what was happening earlier in the film was starting starting to borderline the science fiction for me a little bit. And I yeah. was like, wait, I, I wasn't buying the whole uh, science behind behind the identities and being able to do some of the things that they say you're gonna be able to do physiologically. Yeah. And I didn't buy it fully. And then at the end, this one little thing happens and I'm like, Oh, I totally, I get this now. Like Mm. I look at it with a, I looked at it with a whole new light. Okay. I'm okay with this. I'm okay (laughs) with the way that things happened. And and we might have to talk about this on a later episode with spoilers and all that stuff yeah. because it, there's a whole lot of like new doors that that could potentially implications open. are right. definitely there for what that revealed. I think for me they weren't significant enough to warrant what a twist kind right, of in right. my mind. But for you, you're saying that really did right. It it changed the way I looked at the whole the mm-hmm. whole movie. Like I want to go back and watch it again and be like with that lens. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I can't. But so here's the thing. I did. I did really like the movie. I didn't like it as much mm-hmm. as I was hoping. Yeah. Um. And I think it's just because it took so long for it to pay off for me. Yeah. But uh, and and it's tough. There are some tough like topics in this. There's yeah. some like flashback scenes, um, that you kind of get some character development out of that are yeah. that are hard to watch at times. Yeah, those were really rough. I think for a lot of people that were experiencing that and. Uh, you know, I personally just seeing that and, and knowing of that and being familiar with people that have gone through experiences like that, it was a really rough and very difficult scene to see. And the way they portrayed it felt very honest. Right. It didn't feel like it was over sensationalizing it or, you know, making it this non important thing. Right. That to me, and I think some people may actually warrantedly say that that was a twist of a sorts for them, mm. not to downplay it, but to just say that, like, that really did inform the character and they really, cause you're left at the beginning of the film wondering why this character, which is played by Anya Taylor joy. Right. And she did, I think a really good job. I oh, think yeah. she, uh, you know, for the most part did great job with the script and everything. And she was also in the witch, which I haven't seen, but I heard that was a great film as well. I probably need to see that at some point, but she did a really good job of portraying this character that was kind of like numb and dead in a way and very yeah. distant. And so you don't really get, an understanding of why that is until later. And then you get an even deeper sense of why that is. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, it really makes sense why she's acting the way that she's acting, why she's treating people the way they were. And so I thought they did a really good job. I mean, that, that made sense to me. And I've seen a lot of other films with, with M night where it's like, why did they do that? Like what, (laughs) what's the motivation for their character to act in a certain way? Yeah. So any other thoughts, Matt? No, uh, I, I recommend it though. If you're a fan of Shyamalan, it's probably one of his, one of his better ones. 
Yeah. Um, at least <laughs> way better than the happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what on a uh, scale one to a hundred, eight of eight of F, or would you rank this one? <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a, a B, maybe slight B plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I have, I did again, I felt really, um, not as invested until the end and then it kind of wanted me to, it's kind of calling me to, to look at it again and to look at it through a different angle. But I was, I was invested just not as much as I wanted to be. Um, but I did, I enjoyed it overall. Awesome. And I would probably give it a similar rating. I think I'd give it maybe a little bit higher than you. Okay. I think it's a pretty solid B plus for me. Yeah. And I think it's repaired a bit of the damage that M Knight has oh, done. Yeah. I don't think it's done something yet where I'm like, okay, you free grace to make whatever film you want at this point. Right. It's really going to depend upon what his follow-up is and how he handles that. So looking forward though to him potentially making bigger and better films going forward. Absolutely. So that is going to be all for our conversation about the film Split. And next we're going to be moving on to another film, which was released in December. Well, limited release in December, right, but right. now wide released in January. And it is a film called Hidden Figures. So Matt, would you like to lead off that discussion? Yeah, totally. So Hidden Figures, uh, based on the descriptions, it's based on a true story. Uh, a team of African-American women provide NASA with important mathematical data needed to launch the program's first successful space missions. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, I guess, just kind of in a general sense, takes place during the um, space race era in the, in the early 60s. Yes, the Cold War era. Right, yep. So uh, to, to kind of kick it off, first of all, Theodore Melfi is the director of this film and also stars Taraj P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Mondi. Mm -hmm. So I apologize if I said that <laughs> wrong, okay. but um, just the the initial impression I had was, wow, I can't believe I've never heard of this heard of this like historical event before. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I had no idea. Yeah, and I think that's kind of one of the beauty of movies in general. Yeah, is that they can shine light on all these things, and I think it's it's a wonderful, wonderful story of this this overcoming these ridiculous just things that that these ladies had to go through. And um, overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. So if I were to dive into it further, mm -hmm. um, after just being baffled that this is an actual thing that happened, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish that this film would have been a little bit harder edge. It's PG. Yeah. And you could tell in the, yeah. in the movie while watching it, like, yeah. I felt like they were holding punches. I felt like, or pulling punches. I felt like they were, it was very mild when I felt like it could have been a little bit, there could have been a little bit more oomph, you yeah. know, a little bit more zing to it to just kind of emphasize what was happening was wrong in, in every sense of the term, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the film would have benefited from that. However, <laughs> I will say this, the studio probably didn't see it that way and it probably benefits on the, uh, financial side a little bit more to right. have it get a PG. larger audience by keeping in the pg range right right overall i thought the acting was great yeah um and i i really enjoyed seeing everybody i um i i was really surprised when i saw kirsten dunst in it yeah um i was i was like i forgot about her <laughs> i saw her <laughs> i saw her in midnight special and then yeah. after that i was kind of it um she's kind of dropped off the map pretty significantly right. um and then uh, Kevin Costner, I thought was actually really good yeah. in this movie. And yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a huge Kevin Costner fan. Yeah. But this, this was great. This was a great platform for him as well. Yeah. Um, also, uh, 
I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, Jim Parsons. Yes, all right? Jim so Parsons. Sheldon on the Big Bang. <laughs> yeah. That was the hardest part for me. Okay. Is getting getting over that. I haven't seen him in anything mm-hmm. other than... Do you feel like he did a good enough job sort of distancing himself from the character from the Big Bang? Or was it just you kind of overcoming your preconceived idea of who he is I don't know. I feel, I feel like maybe the character wasn't... <laughs> the character wasn't far enough removed yeah. from his Big Bang Theory character yeah. because he goes from being a super genius to... A, a genius <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know another kind of a genius of a different sort right yeah. um his weird quirks and quirks and mannerisms were gone yeah but there was still this like odd vibe about him that was like i'm getting some sheldon vibes just a little bit not yeah. not like in your face yeah a lot of it were the looks i mean he'd have these he does this thing in the show where he kind of looks to the side and then he kind of looks at somebody and he kind of bounces back and forth right. and he was doing a little bit of that mannerism where i'm kind of like <laughs> okay yeah i see sheldon yeah yeah so Overall, I, I I was I was impressed. Yeah. I um I, I think the biggest thing for me was not knowing about it and then learning about this incredible story. Yeah. Uh, again, I've seen I feel like I've seen a, a lot of really good true story based yeah. films lately. I love it at the end. I love it, love it at the end when they show the real people. Yeah. Uh, give good. some of the synopsis of of what happened after the fact and all those things. I love it when that happens. They did that, and uh, I thought it tied up really nicely. Other than. Um, I felt like they could have gone a little bit further with it. I would agree with you. So I think we saw this one actually pretty similarly. I think the description that you put there of it being a PG film, I didn't think about that, but that that's actually probably a huge aspect to what I think a lot of my, a lot of things about the film that I wasn't sat, wasn't satisfied with that I felt like they could have handled better. Overall, I still think it was a really good film. Mm-hmm. And I agree that this is definitely a story I'm glad was told. I think it was very important to share that these women have done this amazing work in both science, but also, you know, as women and as um, people that are fighting for, you know, black people, I think altogether it's a great story to be shared for those reasons. But there's definitely some, there was definitely some aspects with the overall story that I felt didn't compel me as strongly as they could have. If it didn't, it ended up kind of feeling almost like a, dramatized version of a reenactment in a okay, way. Okay. And there was a moment where I think it's about like a quarter away into the film where we have who's more or less our, our main character. It's uh, this lady named Catherine mm-hmm. who's played by Taraji Henson. And hopefully I'm not ruining her name there, but she has this <laughs> moment where she's basically had to run back and forth from the bathroom because she's using the separated, you know, segregated bathroom. Right, Segregation right. still in existence. In, in Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. yeah. And so she's running back and forth in the bathroom and the, her boss at played by Kevin Costner is constantly wondering where she's at, where she's at. And so he's like, she finally gets back and she just came back from there and she's soaked from the rain and she's just at her wits end. And she has this moment where she lashes out and she's just right. like, right. And she's like screaming, you mm-hmm. know, and yelling. And it, the sad thing about it was, is that I feel this is probably fair. I mean, I do understand why she felt that way, but I felt like they hadn't properly built to that, oh, to that point, to that point. So it felt too far. And I was like, if you had spent more time really developing I think her as a character in my mind, it seemed like the, the the main issue that I had was in any story, you want to see that the characters go through a natural story arc. Right. And you want to see them start off in this one place and then move to another place because that's a good story, you know? And you want to know how the events that are taking place impact them and change them. And overall, you know, it's a good, bad, is it bad, bad? Is it staying the same? It, how is it going to happen that they're going to be different at the end of the film? And I felt like throughout the course of this film, there wasn't really a strong sense of change that I felt like they were undergoing. It was definitely the people around them. Right. 
and I get the reason for that. You know, not at all. I, I totally get that the purpose for that might be to show that, yes, the people around her did realistically and rightly need to change, but it didn't remove the fact that I wanted to see each of them go through their own their story own arcs, arc, right? right? So their arcs ended up more being just that they were in a better position, that they had started off with these people treating them badly, and now they're in a place where the people are treating them well. You know, they're being racist to them at the start, and the end they're being maybe a little less racist to them. And right. that's good, that's important to tell, but at the same time, I think if we had built up and shown how her life had been a little bit different or a little bit more challenging or a little bit more difficult because it was almost like all three of them are just like perfectly capable and they can just do exactly whatever they want but the only problem is people that right. are around them. Right. So I think that would have made it a bit more compelling to me and again I hope I'm making it very clear that I'm glad this story was told Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think it was yeah. an important thing to share. Um, I think they just kind of, they, they hit the easy notes with it. They kind of were like, this was the story that happened and this, 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 I and think this it's happened. the PG thing you're talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, on the flip side, I really like the scene that you're describing, Yeah. <laughs> but I understand <laughs> that there wasn't that arc to get to that point. The parts that fell flat to me were more of the like personal life stuff Yeah. outside of, outside of the work. And I think, yeah. and I think it's important to know that because if you didn't get any of that, you'd be like, well, what was her personal life like? You know, but, um, in, as the film was progressing, the the way that it was shot, directed, and just written, the the I would say the average moviegoer is more uh, concerned with what was happening in the workplace. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it was important to tell some of those things, but I felt like it was it, it slowed down just a little bit in those moments. Yeah, and I would agree with you. I think overall, it's still a it's still a good film for me, Matt. What would you rate this on a on a scale of A to F? Uh, I'll give it a minus ninety. Cool. I yeah. think I would actually give this one an, a B minus, a B plus. Okay. Sorry. So not quite there. I think the other thing that really, and I'm I'm a huge snub for cinematography. I think this film had okay cinematography. It didn't blow me out of the water. There yeah. were some shots that were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. It's not like it's bad right. by any means, but it wasn't like blowing me out of the water with some of the the shots that they'd put together. It sound, it it felt it felt good though. Yeah, absolutely. So next up, Matt, we're going to be talking about a film that I think uh, you haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it yet. Right. So we'll have some interesting time to discuss this. And I should say the last two films, we didn't have any discussion prior to this. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate we weren't able to see them together. Hopefully. Hopefully that'll happen in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully in the future we'll have more time to see films together. But so the next film we're going to be talking about is a film called The Founder. And this is directed by John Lee Hancock. It stars Michael Keaton, Nick Offerman, John and John Carroll Lynch. And basically this is the story of Ray Kroc, who is a salesman, a salesman who basically turns two brothers' innovative fast food eatery McDonald's, as you probably know what it is, <laughs> into one of the biggest restaurant businesses in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. Once again, thank you, IMDb. And so I wanted to talk about this film just briefly. I don't think we need to go too far into it. This was a film that I had put on my most anticipated, and I think you had agreed was a pretty highly anticipated film for you Yeah, I remember well. we talked about it a couple episodes ago and that yeah. was, we were anxious to see it. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of aspects to this story that really just were hitting me like right in all the right places. You know, Michael Keaton is going to get in there and he's going to act it. And I think that I like Nick Offerman. I think he's a great actor. Um, I think John Lynch, I'm, he's good, but I, I haven't seen him in 
too much outside of this film, to be honest, that he's really hit a lot of. And I think also John Lee Hancock does these really good films. You know, he did The Blind Side, which was this really strong film. He did Saving Mr. Banks, yeah. which I thought was also this you know surprise success for me. So I had a lot of hopes for it. And I wouldn't say that it disappointed, but I would say that it, it didn't necessarily go as far or as good as I would have wanted it to. I think the thing that this story really does super well is it tells you the story of Ray Kroc and it tells you the story of who he is and the kind of person that he is. And it's an interesting story because they don't just show you a guy that's selfish, that's egotistical, that's all about making the sale, which you would kind of expect for something like this, but they show you a guy that's, he's got flaws and he's got foibles and he's down on his luck and he's not being super successful and he has a horrible marriage, which I'm assuming is a lot of his fault, but he has a very un, you know, unhappy, sort of unsupportive relationship with his wife. And then sort of through luck or sheer you know, good fortune, he comes across these two brothers that have this really innovative idea and then realizes, though, that like, wow, this could be something. Right. And he's able to slowly convince them like, hey, let me do something with this. Let me take this on and grow this into what I believe it could be. And he becomes the salesman not for himself and not for what he is and who he is, but the salesman of an idea, which is McDonald's. And it's really interesting because... You know, he doesn't, it's not like an immediate thing as it, it, it shouldn't be, but it, it does slowly build. And I think one thing that it would have been better for me is if he had faced a few more hurdles. Okay. Because okay. he kind of like, after a certain point, you kind of are like, okay, well, this is just going forward and it's just going to happen. And there's no sec like dip in the second, you know, the end of the second act sort of a thing. Right. There's a little bit of that, but it's more of just like a transition into a new lifestyle. And he is this guy though, that Ray Crack, his character is, you know, he's like just smart enough to be dangerous mm. and he's compelling and interesting and he plays this kind of two-faced guy at times where he will do what he thinks is right and he's the thing i would say about him as well is that he is really compelled to follow a certain standard of quality and what he believes is right i mean there's a scene where he's basically been interacting with these guys this country club folk and finally got them to sort of buy into the franchise idea of mcdonald's and he goes to one of the restaurants that they've started up as this franchise and recognizes that this guy is running this really poorly mm. and he's doing a horrible job with it. And he actually goes in, he gets one of the burgers and he confronts the guy. He walks all the way to the golf course with the burger, I'm guessing, or drives her there, whatever, with the <laughs> burger and confronts the guy and like throws it in his face. And he's like, what are you doing here? This is horrible. So it like shows you that he's a guy that's, he's committed to the cause. He's committed to the quality of the restaurant and the name that it's, that it shares. And so you're, you kind of connect with them in that way, but then he does these horrible things, you know, at other times where you can tell he's just been probably very emotionally abusive to his wife, which is probably, I'd say out of all the bad things he did in the script, that's probably the worst oh, okay. thing that he's done is the way he treats his wife kind of over the course of the story. It's played by Laura Dern and oh, she okay. yeah. yeah and so she's his wife and she's at the beginning she's very unsupportive but you get the sense that this is because he's been trying to do this sales thing for so long now right. and he's always on the road and he's never there for her that maybe it's more of like a you know one informs the other yeah and so she basically ends up then kind of getting in you know, in, in on bad for him, she kind of puts herself out there to start supporting him then mm -hmm. after this McDonald's thing really starts becoming successful and he keeps pulling the rug out from under. He keeps saying like, okay, no, we're not doing that now. Oh, it's all about me. And, and so it's really uh, sad to actually yeah. watch. And I think that's probably one of the deepest bads that you could say he does. He did some other stuff with, 
you know, there's another lady in the film and some stuff that I would say, but, um, so I thought it was interesting. I think some elements that really, I didn't like, I'm talking a lot of goods here. I didn't like the music. Okay. I felt like the music overall had this weird playful tone at times where it was like, it would be the serious moment that people were dealing with these like deep kind of, you know, betrayals and right. pain. And it was kind of like, do, 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 you know, it was like this almost playful type kids music. And I'm, and I'm thinking, why did you do that? And I think <laughs> the other thing I would say is the cinematography wasn't um, as good as I was hoping for it to be. There was definitely some shots and this might be more of an editing thing and a directorial thing, but sure. it felt very rapid at a couple of times. And there was like a couple shots. I'm like, you know, maybe you could have held that out a little longer or maybe picked a, like a, like a main, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a shot you can take, which basically is a framing shot and it sets up like an entire type thing. And they tended to jump away from that really quick. And so instead of like giving us time to really take in something, and there was definitely some key shots like that where they did do that. But so, but I felt like they were mixing in, they also did a thing where they mixed in some footage from kind of back in the past so it was like almost it almost ended up feeling like a documentary uh, where they're okay. showing yeah. like you know the the american dream and war and you know they're showing oh, these yeah, clips yeah. of different okay. things and it felt very weird and because i think especially mixed with the music i gotcha um it was it ended up being that way so overall i really enjoyed it um but i wouldn't say it hit it out of the park for me i think it's one of those like it was good to see and it's a better film okay but it's not the best ever and i would also say it's not necessarily something you have to see in theaters I think Michael Keaton is probably the key to the film. Yeah. He did a really good job, but you can probably watch it at home and get the exact same experience. Are you rooting for anybody in this movie? That's kind of the, I think that's also part of the problem is you're kind of rooting for Michael Keaton, sort of. Even though he does terrible things. Yeah, but you kind of, you understand why he's doing some of the things that he's doing because, you know, Nick Offerman plays this... um, character who's very like very specific he's very perfectionist oriented it's how they were able to create this system they go through this and that was one really cool but they go through the system of and i don't know if it's true or not but you know how they created this quick turnaround mcdonald's thing right um because you even see in the beginning of the film they did a really good job of at least giving you some character development some story for um, michael keaton's character because you see him going around trying to make these sales and being very unsuccessful at it and the times that he's having to just sit and wait and he's like traveling and he gets the wrong order and so you're connecting with okay well he recognizes mcdonald's because of the things that he's been through and there's some definitely some good dialogue i think that there's like a line where he says in the very beginning that Basically, is it supply that creates demand or demand that creates supply? And it's something along those lines where basically he's saying that if you provide supply, then demand will increase, which usually goes kind of goes against what you right. usually yeah yeah um, you learn in you know beginners econ- economics, economics and stuff. Yeah. And but it it plays out throughout the course of the script where you start realizing that you know is he being now supplied with this idea with this restaurant that's creating an increased demand on his own part and the right. people around him. Or is it the opposite, that he always had this demand that he was trying to meet, and now he's just been supplied with something, and so it, it goes up. So it's a good film. Matt, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, so and I asked that question because for me personally, if I can't root for a character, then I feel like that that's one of the biggest mistakes that a writer or a, a film mm-hmm. could just do yeah. in general. Um, because that's what we do. We attach ourselves to people that we that we like. We like different characters, whether it be a TV show or a movie. And 
um, if there's nobody to root for, or if there's somebody that like, sometimes you can root for him, but other times he's just <laughs> yeah. kind of a jerk, you know, yeah. like, I yeah. don't know if, you know, that's something it's, it helps elevate the story emotionally. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little bummed out by that. I'm still planning on checking it out. But uh, if you were to if you were to rate this thing overall, mm-hmm. what would you rate it? I would actually get, and I've been keep saying it, uh, B plus. I oh, think, okay. For this one as B+ well. B plus so, is across the board. Yeah, it's funny how I'm just B plus in it all day. I should get a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that is all for our talk on reviews. We are going to move into a section now that we call upcoming film talk, or opening this week, or films that are going to come out really, really, really soon <laughs> in a couple days. Yeah. Yeah, in a couple days. So Matt, would you like to take it away? Yes, absolutely. So. Opening this week, just so you can all know what's happening, is the <laughs> are the quality films, um, <laughs> Resident Evil, the final chapter, and A Dog's Purpose. So these are your favorite movies ever, Joel. Why? Oh, geez. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, not my favorites. I'm not a huge fan of Resident Evil series. A Dog's Purpose is sort of being changed a name right now to a dog's controversy yes it's true talk a little bit if you want matt are you looking forward to these at all Uh, okay yes so (laughs) a dog's purpose i never really was looking forward to it yeah i didn't know anything about it just didn't really seem like it was hitting any of the notes for me i was like man okay whatever um but uh yeah there's a ton of controversy right now behind it they canceled the premiere oh i didn't know that um and the press junket like Mm -hmm. leading up to it so like it's not getting any of that like opening like marketing. Wow. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm not I wasn't really on board to begin with. Um, not because it looks like a terrible movie, but just because it I didn't don't feel like I want to watch it. Yeah, we should I mean we're talking about it. We should mention that I guess the controversies around a video that was released of them filming um, the dog that's involved or one of the dogs one that's of the involved dogs, in yeah. the filming and it's being abused or potentially being abused. I don't want to say it is, but it's alleged that it's being abused in the video. Right, right. Yeah. So so there's all that controversy. Wasn't hitting the notes for me before. Probably won't check it out unless unless the fans are clamoring for a review. <laughs> we get like, I don't know, 50, 100 emails. Right, about that. exactly. If that happens, oh man. Okay, so uh, Resident Evil, on the other hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So this is this is totally a guilty pleasure like movie franchise for yeah. me. These movies are not good movies. Let me make that abundantly clear. <laughs> they are not good movies, but there's something about them. I played all the video games and I really enjoy watching them and I'm excited to let this thing go out with a bang hopefully. <laughs> And, wow, and maybe uh, Mila and uh, her husband can go work on other projects that are, are more meaningful. But um, I'm excited to see how they wrap this thing up. The last couple, <laughs> okay. So, so the big thing is, I I remember seeing the first one and, and liking it. But I was in high school when it came out, and yeah. my perspective on films has matured and changed quite a bit since then. <laughs> um, but it still holds a place in my heart. Um, and again, it's that it's that uh, <laughs> it's just that. That nostalgia, that um, want to have a fun time. I remember seeing it with my dad and all that stuff. So we we go to see these movies and that sort of a thing. But um, yeah, as far as this film is concerned, it looks like a bunch of the same chaotic uh, mess of craziness and slow-mo Mila Jovovich. <laughs> and that's... That's really about it. The last two films have been weird for me because they feel like the same movie. Like just if you were the just, last two. if you were to if you were to, just the last two, just the last if two. If you were to if you were to show trailers for them, I, I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell them apart. But um, this one, 
I hope they can wrap it up. We'll see what happens. And uh, I'm sure you'll be in line opening night, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That, you know me. I, <laughs> so I have, it's hard to have zero, it's hard to have negative amount of anticipation or desire to see a film, but these would probably rank right. close to the zero mark. <laughs> right. I think I've had, I've funny experience of this. I, I got to see them release the trailer, I guess, for the last one, the Retribution. Ah. Yeah. When I was at Comic-Con, I think I mentioned this and Mila Jovovich was I'm not going to lie. She was just acting really crazy. You know, she was like laying down on the stage and freaking out and saying all these things. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, what is going on with her? And it like any semblance of like these being rational films with like rational characters thinking in like a rational way. I'm like, she can't even act rational in real life. So (laughs) not to be judgmental, you know, who knows? Maybe she's just nervous. She could have been in character. She could have been nervous or something (laughs) like that. I think the only reason I'm upset about this film, because, I mean, studios make horrible films all the time and release them because they know that they're going to get people out there. I think the only reason I'm getting upset about it is because I feel like it's, it's again, I, I don't trust that this is the final chapter. I mean, they're saying it's the final chapter. I feel like you name it the final but, chapter. You can't do anything else. Yeah, but I mean, they did that with Final Destination. I'm pretty sure like they did the Final Destination and then they called it like <laughs> the Final Destination 2. And it's like, you know, they're going to, if 10 years from now, they feel like they're going to get money from making another one of these and they can get a new cast. They're probably going to restart it. It's going to reboot. I'm pretty sure they're going to reboot it at some point in time. Everything gets rebooted. Yeah. But. So I, that's my only reason for not being like okay with this. I'm like, just stop, just end. Please just put it out of its misery. <laughs> well, but, I'm so excited that you got to share with everybody how excited you are for these films. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, next, um, I want to dive into the tube talk segment. of our show um now we are just a couple of weeks out from the uh mid-season premiere of season seven of the walking dead Mm -hmm. now um we i know we've had a chance to speak about this for a little bit we have strong opinions especially about the first half of season seven um but yeah i wanted to get your take on, on maybe what to expect how are you feeling about the season overall up till this point just so you could share with everybody yeah well someone's gonna get eaten (laughs) <laughs> someone's gonna get shot seems, and seems plausible they're gonna probably you know beat down somebody and win and save the day i, I i'm kind of at a point with this show and this is i think the season that's that's done it for me where it's pretty much jumped the shark in all facets i think the real thing for me was the beginning episode of this season right where it really felt like they were so manipulating the audience and so manipulating us to like oh look how sad this is and like aha you thought but not really but really right and i felt like they did that one too many times you know there's that scene where and you know spoil alert i guess you know glenn gets killed off right after they've right. killed a, another character and they basically there it's like this shock in a way that they've you know they're killing Glenn after they've already offed somebody else and so then they do this thing which was bad enough because of the way they killed him where they kind of made him look like an idiot you know what I mean and everybody's like oh well it's like that in the comic books if you read the comic books right, and right. it might be like that in the comic books but that doesn't mean that it makes good television especially when they're telling two different stories it's like they're related but television and comic book are completely different and you interact with them differently and you feel about them differently. So the the way they manipulated that death and then to show the scene where they're kind of all sitting around the table, having like the spaghetti dinner with each other and Glenn's like (laughs) holding his child and stuff. And I'm like, okay, now you're really just manipulating this to be like (laughs) the most painful that it can be. So I would say, and then after that, the show just got so boring to me and it felt like everything that happened 
we've seen 16 times before, not 16, but probably at least realistically two to three times before where it's like they get beat down by somebody and then they have to rise up and then, right. but they're just stretching it out for the whole half of a season where I'm like, literally we know in two se- in like in just a bit, they're going to have to rise up and they're all going to have to attack him. So they could have shown that in two episodes. Right, right. So yeah, what what are your thoughts, Matt? I have similar, not quite... Um... Uh, feelings about the first half of yeah. the season. Again, I know Joel mentioned it earlier, spoilers. There's going to probably be some minor spoilers. If you haven't seen it, then <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But um, the I didn't feel as strongly about the uh, negatively about the first episode. Yeah. Uh, that I know a lot of people felt that way, the yeah. same way that you're feeling. Well, their numbers, they've actually shown it. I'm not trying to interrupt, but they, they had their numbers are now, after that season, dropped off by over a million viewers. Right. And they're at their th- they're at the same level that they were in the third season of the show. Right. At this level right now. <laughs> so what's funny about that, though, is it's still the highest watched show on television. <laughs> it is. Even with that yeah. drop off. Yeah. The... Um, the I, I didn't feel the same way. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel overall manipulated. I felt sad for that whole story segment, and I thought it was. I for me, it worked in setting up this this Negan character that he's just this crazy psychotic, mm-hmm. evil evil dude. Yeah, and I I feel like his character they've done a good job at keeping him crazy, kind of just in the weird things that he does yeah. and the weird just his choice of words and yeah. just how he talks to people. Yeah. Um. And I, th- I thought that's been carried through, but I agree wholeheartedly the first half of this season has been, for the most part, boring, yeah, pointless to me. Yeah. I, I understand setup episodes, but not five of them. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and so I, I felt like that's what they're doing. This whole first half is setting up the second half, which I, I appreciate. My fir- my favorite uh, episode was episode two yeah. where you get introduced into the kingdom yeah. and Ezekiel. Yeah. Cause I'm like, that is, I really enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I like, I like Ezekiel. Um, the last episode I, I really liked last two episodes were back and forth for me, but I, I like the character Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think he's awesome. He's going to be a new fan favorite, I think for a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm more so just excited to see where, where it goes because I feel like this next season it's got to pay off in a big way because the first half was kind of a dud a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I agree with you that I think if you can say there was any success of this first half of the season, it was to set Negan up as a really bad, bad dude. Yeah. So, will that pay off? I don't know. Maybe it'll pay off. I I tend to feel like probably not as satisfyingly as we want it to be. Want it to be, and that's just (laughs) based upon how they've done this with other bad characters that have kind of risen up in the show. I think they could have done that very simply. I mean, there was nothing wrong in my mind with killing, you know, Abraham and there was nothing wrong with killing, sorry, spoilers again here, but you know, there's nothing wrong with killing off Glenn, but it was the way that they did it. And then additionally, I think they could have shown Negan to be this really, because 90% of each of these episodes is basically Negan just terrorizing people and just making them go, I'm really scared for some reason. Like, because you can't just kill them. You can't just shoot them because if you do, then worst things oh, are gonna that was happen so frustrating yeah. there's like several times where somebody could have gotten rid of negan yeah and you're yeah. like you're left with this concept of like why especially when you see these characters have gone through this three times before right you know with the terminus and with the governor right, it's like right. why don't you just take this guy out you right, know and right. then deal with the consequences of it but we'll see i mean maybe they're maybe they've gotten some information some feedback of what people are thinking yeah. about the episodes and the so showrunners like, back we got to get this done. Yeah. And it comes back in like two weeks. So we're not going to have to wait too long to see yeah. how they set it up. Hopefully it's not a really kind of a dud 
premiere, mid-season premiere, but we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap up our segment for Tube Talk. I want to take a couple minutes real quick, and I, I made a uh, foreshadow uh, <laughs> to this earlier in the segment yeah. with uh, Joel the Last Cunningham, but we got news today that uh, the new Star Wars Episode Eight is going to be titled The Last Jedi. Ooh, a big reveal. Ooh. Yeah. Thoughts dun, on that, Joel? Dun, How do you feel about dun, it? Dun. I think it's pretty cool. I like the name a lot. I think yeah. it's... It does. It inspires some questions. I mean, it definitely is like, well, is the last Jedi Luke or is it somebody else? Is it Ray? Right, right, right. (laughs) No, it's probably between. In my mind, you know, if they are specifically saying that, like, this is about the last Jedi. I mean, if you're trying to answer that question, it would probably be between like Ray and Luke. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it's weird to say that there's one last Jedi, considering that you know it's always been kind of like light side, dark side, right. So we'll see, and I'm I'm still really excited about that. It it doesn't do anything to hamper, or improve or dip, disprove. Yeah. you know the the idea of the film in my mind. So I, I like a couple of things about it, um, and this is coming from the official uh, Disney marketing mm-hmm. department or whatever. Yeah. Um. So the last Jedi, I'm I'm way more inclined to accept initially than I did the Force Awakens. Okay. So the Force Awakens, I was like the force awakens like i don't it just didn't <laughs> seem like sleeping? a star it didn't seem like a title to me Does even though, even though starbucks <laughs> even though it had the force in the title didn't feel star wars to me um but the this i'm way way more on board right off from the get-go i think it's yeah. real straightforward i think it's a pretty solid indication of luke yeah but we'll see you know maybe yeah. there's a twist in there we don't know about um, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably luke as well at this point right yeah and um especially considering the way they ended it you yeah, know, with the reveal of Luke. Right. So, um, in the tweet and the message that was sent out, mm-hmm. um, they have the Star Wars logo and it says the Last Jedi. Yeah. But the Star Wars logo, first time ever in one of these promo materials, is not yellow. Mm. It's red. Yeah. Which to me indicates that it could potentially be maybe a little darker. Yeah. Maybe like a little bit more of the dark side and Kylo Ren and Snoke yeah. and all those people come back. You know, in craziness, but. Yeah. I don't know any any hints or yeah. I mean, based upon a lot of the stuff that I've read news wise of the different, you know, Domhnall Gleeson and they're, they're talking about basically this upcoming film. They've they've all seemed to indicate that it is without spoiling it, but that it is a bit of a darker take. It's similar in style, as you will, to you know, Empire Strikes Back, where they're trying to get into a bit of a darker territory with the film and. I think that plays into it, and I think that definitely indicates that maybe, especially with a name, that you know, there's kind of maybe two Jedi right now, so maybe one of them does have to go. So right. maybe some death is going to be involved somewhere along the line there. We'll see what happens. Either way, I'm excited about it. Yeah, same here. So that's going to wrap things up for us today on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we would love to hear from you if you've got any questions, comments, agreements, disagreements. <laughs> we would love to hear those from you. So <laughs> yeah. we gave you the email at the beginning. Um, definitely send us an email if you get a chance. That is realreviewmedia at gmail.com, real spelled R-E-E-L. And we'd also love for you to connect with us on Facebook and keep in track in mind of all the different stuff that we've got going on. So it's facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Also, hey, we have a website, guys. Oh, we do have a website. We have a website, realreviewmedia.com. Yes. Check it out. It's a great place to get connected as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for promoting that. Yeah, Yeah. thought I'd plug that. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been real. It's been real.